It's a shiny kind of polyester. Yeah. Maybe um, it's sateen. If only. He's also wearing royal blue pants. That's true, but these are old hat at this point. Uh, yeah, we've <laughs> all seen it. <laughs> yeah. The viewers are probably familiar. I'm sorry, um, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. No, I needed so. you to. Thank I got you. Very distracted. No, no, no. It was I, I needed I needed a derailment. Yeah. yeah. Um. So outside of your practice, what are pursuits that make you who you are? Oh, um, just kidding. Um, I'm really curious about this whole identity formation thing in general. Um, I find, a, first of all, that's a great answer. <laughs> I find myself very increasingly distracted. But then we talked about uh, how we could talk about forever that only a man could make his work and the meaning behind that. And I feel like I feel like the importance of his work is is just is it, it's a Kunzian model, and it's like about capitalism's complete hold on our emotional life. And he is like a really great. Um, he's a great, he's a great rapist of of people's emotions. He just and and so and then we were talking about the recent show and. Is that how you feel about Kunz too? I guess. Not exactly is more of a manipulator. Yeah, absolutely. That's his whole project in a way, I feel like. Emotionally, at least. Well, on that note, welcome, Rose Marcus. Hi. Um, the last time I introduced someone, I introduced them as a celebrated woman artist. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, if you were a gift basket being about to be mailed to a loved one, what would you have? And who would it go to? Game, question, sh game show questions are like not my forte. Not not dissing your question. Um, Is that a game show question? That sounds like an amazing. Game. What a what a just I mean questions that require like a certain amount of um, trick questions. They're trick questions. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since I'm a kid, I've never. Um, I'm I'm envisioning. A couple of gallons of water. Um, maybe because I'm thinking about the end of the world and that this would come in really handy. Maybe some water and some gasoline. Um, I'm envisioning a basket that becomes a boat somehow. It floats. 
it would definitely go to survival packs but um it's thoughtful yeah That's um so maybe i mean maybe, they, maybe in the gift basket would just be one of those cool blow-up boats yeah i'll let's see if we can come up with another cool answer by the end of this talk yeah. what no. would you guys give as a gift as my last gift see i last she never said last yeah, yeah i, I just went straight to like the core probably the bible the bi you would give the bible absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> would it be water soluble? Um, yeah, water soluble. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. Yeah, not water, not water. <laughs> it's um, it's like uh, yeah, it'd be like a cake Bible that's like mm. edible. Or like um, a sponge thing where it yeah. expands when you. Like, totally, that could be into yeah. a boat. Yeah. Um, like a boat Bible. Um, yeah. That's a great gift too. <laughs> what would you give? Gift. Um, I would give uh, some nuts. And um, some fruit, mm -hmm. and but probably dried fruit and um, some seeds. Those are some of my favorite things. Yeah. yeah. Also helpful in survival. Right. Yeah. The seeds in particular. So there's a theme. Yeah. I think. Yeah. The end is near. I think we should put all of our things into one basket. Totally. Put yeah. them all in one basket. Yeah. With like a chicken. Oh, a live chicken? Yeah. I mean, yeah. chicken. Yeah. Live for a little. With my yeah. Friend. was in terms of like how you felt like you hadn't quite found like the material mm. like space quite yet that was like being expressed by or that you saw say in that show which I thought was interesting because as I was like looking back through the shows in my head the shows of yours that I've seen and like where like where the work is now compared to where it was like a few years mm. ago like I feel like the work was super like in this conceptual like field of images like frames within frames and things like being flipped but also like with a very light material touch kind mm -hmm. of and uh and then 
the stuff in like the last year or so is like really seems like it's taken a totally different turn into a kind of much more formal space and even like the stuff in like the night gallery show which has like all of a sudden different levels of material and kind of like real like formal decisions I feel like like repetition and inversion and Mm -hmm. things that maybe were happening conceptually before like now taking this different kind of form and uh yeah so I was kind of curious maybe it's just like a starting point like how you're jumping in with the t- with the heavy hitters. Yeah, that's how I like to go. No, it's no, hard it's, hitting it's, journalism. it's good. It's good. It's exactly. It's it's all that I'm thinking about right now. These pulls between systematic thinking, architectural thinking, and this like and and a painter are definitely these uh, two worlds. I'm always going back and forth between and. You think of it, that as distinct from being a painter, that kind of systematic um, way of of operating. I mean, there's just there's it's it just boils down. There's two ways of making work, and it's one is intuitive, and one is systematized and executed. Mm-hmm. And I want both, and it's not easy. So um, I feel like that wanting of both is what keeps me making the work and it keeps on being way too hard to do to have both um so i think i was thinking of a lean-in joke oh please please (laughs) do it no no (laughs) it's all is it like i want to be a mother and have a career and and also be a yogi and an alcoholic all at once yeah, yeah you want it all yeah i want it all um as you should yeah, I don't. I I I think that that there's like also. I. I think I think. Making work, making really good work, is so challenging that you just you do have to keep whittling it down. Though, what is your project? Um, so yeah, I. Um, I'm still making straight photos that are completely untouched. And then I'm making work that I think is a lot more painterly. And um, and the work that's more painterly starts with like a base, which is an image. And even though there's probably only one or two, seemingly one or two moves in them, like I probably made hundreds of moves on that thing and decided it was finished or it was unfinished and I let it out anyway, yeah. And there, do you think of those approaches as discrete in terms of your practice? I mean, I'm thinking of someone like Jennifer Bartlett who made incredibly systematized mm. conceptual artworks and then made, you know, essentially planar mm-hmm. paintings. Um, is, do you think of your project or your practice in those terms or do you, are you trying to kind of weave them in the, in, in the long term? I think, I'm, I think I'm trying to make them more distinct. Um, and then and then and then putting too many rules on things is also a hindrance because I overthink things anyway. So, um, in order to just produce the work, I just have to keep producing the work. So, it's yeah, that, that's interesting because I feel like rules are really helpful for a lot of a lot of people when they're when they approach something in terms of like the gamut of things that they could be. You could it's kind of limitless. Yeah, and yet. It seems like you have an, an intuitive aspect to your practice that kind of guides where you go, and then the rules 
kind of make themselves or they become evident? Hmm. I think... I think... uh, the rules are helpful to a point and then and then I think um if you're not allowing there to be a a lawless space then then the materials won't won't really live there's I think it's both I think there's at, at least for me there's making of several there's there's probably you know there's a dozen um failed things behind each thing that gets released and I think that's the only way I can work yeah so the rules are there within degrees absolutely um I've made certain rules about what materials I use excluding that tinfoil piece mm-hmm. um there's no tinfoil on the rule there's a there's a tinfoil on Sunday's rule um no recyclables there's no, there's rules about which materials I'm using, and there are rules about which photos I use. And I have been more systematic at times in terms of the when I choose to uh, physically edit a photo, um, it's u- usually a certain kind of photo. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that I mean there was there is this there's this group of photos I've always taken via information reflected on glass and those have always remained untouched and then all of these really matter-of-fact photos of places like Central Park are the ones that I can manipulate physically because they are only singular images so there was a dividing in my in my history there was a there there were sets of rules based on what kinds of images I was using yeah, I think of like I I talked to Samara Golden a while ago, and she was saying how she ended up working with styrofoam because it was light mm. and she could lift it without having to like give that task to an assistant. Mm. And that was like almost like a rule that wasn't necessarily self-imposed. It was just kind of mm. um, it was the most logistical decision to make mm-hmm. in that context and yeah. I wonder like how how your rules are self-imposed versus kind of just enabling it's funny my work has been just going specifically to Samara's example my work is becoming unmanageable for me the rules have almost always been built themselves around the vision of the work so I mean, my, my, my ideas are becoming hindrances because I want the work to be really big and heavy now. <laughs> and I can't lift my own work. And for a long time, all of my skills were the maximum scale I could fit into whatever particular car I had. And then I ended up strapping five by eight foot sheets of stuff on top of my car. So it's whatever, however big I get on top of my car. And um, I'm kind of hitting a wall. <laughs> um, but I think it's in part because for a period I was making, f- for in simple terms, what we'll call is more conceptual work, and it relied on photography, that I, w- I kept on wanting to press my body into the work. I have kept on wanting to be a part of it. So the bigger the work gets, 
it becomes a massive physical production for me. And I've completely uh, had, I've had to decide, you know, whether I want some works to have the marks of the wear and tear of just even being in my studio or not um, because I can't physically handle the work. Um, so the, the rules and the systems keep going towards these visions and, um, and I think I definitely make rules that work against me in that way. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. But I, but I, I like that physical challenge, and I, um, um, it's more like how can I accomplish this thing I'm not really supposed to be able to accomplish? Yeah, which, which brings it closer to sculpture. Yeah, which brings it closer to this, like, object making that I've, I've always felt very strange about. Yeah. What do you mean by like felt or vibrate on that? A strange? Yeah. Um, I came into art re like relatively late, not really, but I, uh, I studied architecture and I also did urban studies and I, I just kind of chose sculpture. Well, I had, I had, I had an aha moment about being committed to making artwork and, um, I was at Cornell for a year, and I spent a lot of time in the IMP building, the Johnson Museum, and um, so I was like 21, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks that art was like a very serious vocation, and that it was uh, it was about philosophy and phenomenology, and um, and so then I just decided to study sculpture, and I had no idea that that things like lived in the world based on gravity, and that they were put together in certain ways based on squares. <laughs> Even though I, I mean I had this like architecture year, but it was so conceptual, so philosophical. And yes, we built little models out of sticks, but it was so poetic. <laughs> so um, and so deciding to be to in this big fishnet of sculpture and poetry and art was still this, uh, I think at the seat of it is still a curiosity about the thing, like that, that there are functional objects in the world, there are non-functional objects in the world. And, um, and, I, and I never really learned how to make things. And I was a total bricolore in, in college. So, I felt right at home and also like really estranged from this this like intense studio production. This also made no sense to me. So it was it's like almost I was just ready to stay in kind of a philosophical space dealing with material and and all of these ways of expanding around that um felt really foreign to me. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like in that like the earlier stuff seems to be much more about like a kind of editing mm. that's like a, that's like where that's like the material which is non-object based or something in this way like editing like where these i mean at least the proposal that i understand of like mm. these photos on glass or where mm. there's like hundreds of them and what i'm seeing in a show is like a oh, few yeah. of them yeah, yeah, like, yeah which is like brought down and then maybe even like what's within the frame is like 
yeah. further edit it. Sure. And yeah. then like. No, I mean I. You're right. I'll take hundreds of photos for every one that yeah. I decide on. Yeah. yeah. And but then that like it's becoming more visible in this like the edit is like becomes an object when it's like. Oh, and then yeah, no, the edit becomes visible. Yeah, absolutely. The the construction decisions are. very increasingly distracted um, by um, a lot of my peers strict adherence to what they like and what they don't like and I know that we need that in this world <laughs> but I um, I think I feel most at home when when you know in the probably in some Buddhist sense when I'm feeling like I don't have a hold on what my position is. Um, to that end, I like walking and running a lot. I also meditate. Um, I like fighting, <laughs> like arguing. Oh. You know, I mean, in the happy sense. Not. I, I like. I was um, actually imagining. Um, like, Kung fu. Or like, yeah. like sort of women's wrestling yeah um, um I, I don't wrestle but I mean um so I I I really do enjoy that kind of sparring mm -hmm. um with people I'm close to um what do you mean by your peers adherence to their likes and dislikes yeah do you think that's something that is becoming more cemented as we you know get older I think it's aging I think it's insecurity I think it's living in a big city um, not that I don't think opinions live elsewhere um, but as, mean, as we see in our political climate but I, I mean um, you think people's opinions like have hardened or is that no I um, I think a, like a strict adherence to or pride in yeah maybe it could be our age the way that we're like building our lives up um, it, it, it doesn't it's something that I I want to loosen I mean yes I like cooking and I like food a specific way and I can get really excited about these things but I also can feel really um, Distracted isn't quite the right word. I feel like it's not the focus of, of my life. Um, and I, I feel, I find it become, it's starting to become the focus of people's lives in a strange way. Interesting. Um, that reflects kind of in terms of how you spoke about your practice as well, that it's hmm. less, I mean, it certainly falls under the, the into, into the realm of art, but it's not really so much about hmm. a cemented 
way of producing, although you set up rules, yeah. as a kind of an inquiry or Yeah. And and I think um it's about a and you know, I mean, there's slippery, which can get dangerous, slippery positioning, but there there is, I think, a deeper interest in um making sure that my aesthetics either are consciously getting in the way of the work or they're they're producing the work and I know that or they're not and like I a lot of what I'm doing in the studio is I'm trying to either play the game with myself or get out of playing the game with myself of do I like it or not and I, I think this is standard with uh you know different ways of thinking you know about this you know way of you know you you know you're not producing the work the genius is like it's not about you <laughs> so i think there's some like ego stuff involved but um in yeah in terms of when you meditate what do you think about i mean how do you how do you get to the place that's the opposite how do you get to the place where you're not thinking about things and what thoughts creep in? Hmm. Um, I, there's a couple different modalities that I've studied. Um, and I think, um, I mean, one very essential approach is just you have a thought, you take note of it, and you let it go. So that's becomes rhythmic, and it becomes rhythmic when your breath. And one of the things that I found to really change or help me get into the pleasure of it is moving. Um, so if moving your body is like the first um, condition between a subjective and objective experience right so we're in our minds and then you know we just if you just move your head to the right you've acted out into the world so that relationship has helped me a lot and that's like more of a somatic approach um but i do want to say going back to this like um justifying uh likes and dislikes i think it goes back to dealing with aesthetics hopefully in um, a more rigorous way and by that I also mean um, the kinds of photographs I'm actually interested in I want I, I you know I, I don't know how they come across to other people I want them to both be of course present and timeless and all of these big things that like a piece of art could be is like totally contemporary and totally archetypal or whatever um, but I, I really am looking for something that lives outside of um, a light, like a binary aesthetic conditions. I That's guess. so interesting. I was just thinking about that because I was thinking about living in this, living in New York City and having some kind of a creative practice. And I feel like there's a pressure to have a niche. Mm. And that niche now that we have so many people <laughs> kind of interested in the same thing almost seems to fit a binary model where you're known as the 
artist who also incorporates ska mm-hmm. and like has a side gig as a as a thing and that's like how you build your brand or, or you... that's that's how that was like the Cory Archangel model right the ska did he model. did he was he a ska performer no yeah, but like he... a ska band and I'm mean, this isn't to down this I'm not talking down on Cory Archangel yeah, but yeah. or ska just, or ska <laughs> but I mean he was the one who talked about there's no more Michael Jacksons you know and he like the kind of end of this singular figure which isn't quite true right now that yeah. we're far away I mean, that from seems that. kind of crazy wow I mean that but this is actually it was an interesting point in the internet That's when he made this kind of statement it was shortly after Michael Jackson's death and he was like, there will never be this figure because everything's becoming so hybridized because of the mm-hmm. internet. But right. there, Beyonce, well, Beyonce whole... and, you know, I don't know, is that really true? So, but no, he was marketed, I felt like, in a way, as he was doing underground HTML and he never mm-hmm. let the art world into that. Right. And that gave him some cool points because he got major dork points in the <laughs> dork zone, you know, in a way where he was putting this energy into something that wasn't his work his art world work anyway right but well, you're, yeah it's like being... a it's like a feel that's like a utopianism in it all that helped sure but like his yeah but in terms of like building his brand yeah totally it's, yeah it's a binary model well, which utopia, is appropriate so because it. it's binary <laughs> what's his it's computer binary programming model? um i can think of is josh klein a binary model no not quite um i wouldn't say so yeah. but um, I mean, I think like just in terms of the greater culture, like for instance, there's a blogger I follow who is a um, down home, um, I think North Dakotan or maybe Montanan, we don't have a fact checker here, um, lifestyle cook and also a percussionist. Oh, wow. And, like, that's her brand. And that's kind of, it seems, the model, or the, certainly a, a model for um, gaining hmm. people's attention now. Hmm. Like, David is a contortionist and... Verbally. A, uh, a very facile painter. <laughs> Very facile. Yeah. <laughs> Highly facile. <laughs> the facilist. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. This kind of binary stuff is—it's interesting. To, well, it goes back. I mean, to me, I think about the way that, like, in people's work, like having a sort of conversation between a more quote-unquote like formal or like bodily or like uh, visual, let's say, like. Um, like note of the work and then this kind of more like for lack of a you know conceptual or like mental or like the kind of realm of ideas and language like and I mean I feel like a lot of people have like do have practices that like or maybe the artists that I'm most interested in like avoid kind of being pigeonholed into like mm. having someone be able to predict what they would like or dislike by mm. moving between those two mm-hmm. in a way which like yeah. It's Wait, that. repeat that sentence? So, like, Artists that you admire uh, do move between those yeah, two without or, or like, fu- doing you know, it because people might like or dislike it. Or to avoid kind of, because to restate what you were sort of saying is that oh, like, I see. in some ways like within the studio you're dead when like you can predict what like mm-hmm. kind of photo a Rose Marcus would like and what like 
you know, what the Rose Marcus algorithm say would mm -hmm. be that turns things out. And, uh, and I mean, maybe to extrapolate a little bit on what you were conceiving of in terms of like what can be, or what feels like our peers do in a certain sense is like, it becomes really easy for some people to like determine what that work, you know, what the frame of their work is in a sense. Sure. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that kind of like, I mean, my, where I feel hindered or where I feel like my challenges is that if, you know, going between spheres of thinking, it can have an, like, you know, a great consequence on the way the work is developing. But then, but then to undergird that, it's like, okay, but this is the long arc. And yeah. these are about, these are about questions that are supposed to last decades. So it's just there's and so there's this constant feeling that everything should be so resolved all the time, and um, I don't know how other artists feel, but I I I try to fight that, and I also um, I also think it's important to honor your work. So um, I I um, I think it can be a little. I can, you know, ruminate on these different positions, but, um, yeah, there's like this short-term and long-term thing, and I think our, my peers, I, I feel this like pretty heavy voice of like, resolve it, resolve it, yeah. resolve it, and I keep not doing that, <laughs> so I don't know what, you know, and, and I think, you know, sometimes that, that, sometimes that pushback produces good work, not always, but, yeah. um, it can also, yeah, I mean, I also see a lot of work that I feel like is flailing and, and I like it and I don't think it's resolved. And so, yeah, this is, it's, but again, I, I mean, it's funny. I'm like literally physically right now going back and forth. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, but I think that goes back to this binary thinking. Um, did you guys read the Sadie Binning press release about Green God? No. Can you summarize it? Well, she was um, taking a stand or um, talking about the stakes of the biblical, um, the biblical uh, statement uh, that God created man. A man was created in God's image. We might have to actually look up the actual wording because it's pretty important. Yeah. But um, this this so this kind of fundamental binary thinking between this resolution and not I don't know I find it pretty pretty fundamental to um, the way kind of it goes back to kind of Judeo Christian development in a way it's this idea that. Um, Man is a reflection of God, and within that, already there is set up certain goods and bads, and there's a mirror happening, and and um, it doesn't seem to have space for a third. Uh, yeah, I mean, particularly apropos the gender binary yeah. that kind of immediately stemmed after that, yeah. and that is kind of in the moment. The current yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. Should we take a break and have our intern um, pull up that statement? <laughs> yes. 
But you don't have to change anything. Just keep, just keep, don't, God, don't feel pressure. So God created man in his own image. Um, and I know his own is like a double possessive. And I know that ownership meant something much, meant something very different, what, you know, 3,000 years ago. But, uh, yeah, there's al- there's already a his. It's already, you know. Anyway, God created man in his own image. Which is, like, an interesting, because you were talking about, like, resolution. I mean, that word kept coming up, you know, oh. whether something's resolved or not. Yeah. And it's interesting, and that seemed to, like, bring you to the space of this banning press release, like, which, I don't know, yeah, like, that idea of resolution is, like, really seems related in that because hmm. it's like the irresolute is like this third hmm. thing which is neither hmm. like one or the other in this mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. but yeah I mean that's like like what do you what do you, like when you say something's resolved like what what does that mean do you know what I mean hmm. I was actually grappling with that if you want to think about that for a second when I was um, editing a piece and someone described a work at a study that was a watercolor study and then an adjacent work as um, a completed work and I was arguing Hmm. for a reworking of like a more resolved work or but then that is its own kind of set of questions because how is a study less resolved than I mean a study is is whatever you need it to be. A study yeah. is, you know, what you're trying to work out, and once it's done, it's 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 not really a working document. It's a, it's you know, it's not like a, it's not a blueprint. Mm-hmm. It's something that takes you where you need to go. Hmm. So in that sense, it is kind of resolved. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, that um, that inquiry didn't go very far. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Just got bogged down. No, but I think what you're saying is really nice. That that something, if, if it serves its purpose, then it's it's complete. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, I wonder if you're talking about resolution or the perceived resolution that you experience people kind of demanding or being pressured to produce as almost like polish or containment. Um... No, I think polish is an aesthetic mm-hmm. approach, and the kids these days seem to be making unpolished work or polished work, pretty much one or the other. Yeah, I think that seems very clear. Um, and I, I have a problem with that even, <laughs> but be- just because I think, um, I think they're very conscious decisions and I feel like somehow the consciousness of those as stylistic approaches have been sort of taken out of the conversation that this is a stylistic approach um, and 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 I think I don't know if it's a one-to-one that this question around resolution is just completely born out of the insecurity that is me being an artist but um, I do think that it is it is about the audience in a big way and it is about and then and then at the seat of it if it's just if it's just the object in the world yes I think when the material is speaking to the message that's inside of the material 
then something has been resolved deeply like this is communication is happening on like a molecular level <laughs> so that would be resolution and that's also like art school you know it's like hey is the material doing you know what the thing is supposed to be doing you know so I mean it's both I think about some kind of transmutation mm. of energy <laughs> but I, but I also think it's about this is like and I don't mean this in such like a you know we're in the business of communication and if you're if you are consciously obfuscating the message then the materials should assist in that but um, it's interesting that there's that par oh I'm sorry Did, um, no that's it um, that there's that parallel in terms of how we talk about art, which I think about a lot. I mean, in terms of resolution and in terms of finish, and you talk about work being messy in that way that I think, it's, it's certainly in a metaphorical sense, mm -hmm. but in a way that I think you were getting at in terms of a work not being resolved mm -hmm. and being kind of indicative of what it's going for and not quite there, but definitely definitely evidencing mm. a sort of a, a, a question mm -hmm. that's being worked at that is sort yeah. of rigorous and that is interesting in itself. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how that correlates to, you know, messy versus mm. tight or... Yeah, that's fascinating. The, 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 the question, the road of the work that's about the question mm -hmm. gets aestheticized. That if it's clean, maybe, maybe clean or, or like... But yeah, if the work is it's clean, it's not clean. It's um, it's a different. It's a different. It's not just clean. But if the work is something, then the question has been answered. If the work is something else, then the question has not been answered. Um, and sometimes it's beautiful to see a question that has been answered that maybe hadn't been yeah, answered before. And that absolutely. Is, um, I mean, I admire all of these kinds of work. Also, okay. like as an artist who loves art, like all of it has all kinds of it has flowed through me and um and I mean I think that that's what in part why painting continues to to stand is that it's it is like just petrified action so in that in that in and of itself the material has like encapsulated the binary of thinking and resolution all like in because the paint dries yeah so then the stroke is stays and then you get petrified wood i mean it's like fucking crazy and it's really real you know um it's very interesting i mean do you think of yourself in terms of paint or like that like your work in terms of painting of course yeah. i mean absolutely i mean i think about it in uh in with lots of different languages but painting sculpture the world um i used to paint um I, I, yeah, I guess like I'm, I mean, I'm still like envious of painting because cause I'm, it's, it does what I'm saying, but, um, but this, this conversation is still funny because it's still going, it's still going back and forth between these poles. Yeah. Between and, which poles? Uh, these, this unresolved and resolved mm -hmm. and that they both can be highly functional, but, um, cause there's not an easy language for those other things. Yeah, there's not. Maybe that's it. Yeah, it's part of it. Maybe it's easier just to talk about um, the resolved and the unresolved. But I think I read something really beautiful recently um, 
and it does relate to hopefully like the Im the photographs that I want to use undoing these um, aesthetic tendencies and it was in I think the 16th century and it was um, as global trade was expanding and um, the Westerners had finally gotten to Italy mm -hmm. and I mean not Italy huh, they I guess maybe it was Italians I forget which European nation moving on finally got into China I'm getting a little slow um, and they presented their greatest wares and their feats and then finally they presented um, a perfectly rendered rendered perspectival painting and the Chinese you know royalty were taken aback they'd never seen anything like this it was like you know photorealism or whatever you know mm -hmm. this is this is the stuff man we invented it you know <laughs> perspective space we got it and nailed it everything's in the place it should be on the square and um and they were so they were they were you know very impressed with the skill that was involved in making this image but they were um grieved that the greatest feat of this culture was the mind of a child and by that they meant that that the people were witnessing the world only as they saw it and that all that was invisible wasn't portrayed basically i thought this was so beautiful yeah. that like that this you know final beautiful italian renaissance painting was just really like basically the mind, the mental development of a six-year-old right right right. like this is what you think reality looks like yeah. you know yeah <laughs> which is like in part a space where there's like no there's no tension between the way that yeah. the thing is being described and like what's being it's like that's it that's like, it where it's yeah. like that is communication right yeah. like which we were saying earlier mm -hmm. but somehow it's like not as satisfying as mm -hmm. or it like is leaving something out yeah i wonder if there's also sort of a, a didacticism there i mean in terms of resolution when something is entirely evident and complete in itself it's telling you what it is rather than giving you the sort of space or honoring your ability to make your own connections mm -hmm. which is why I often wonder if it's possible to make truly political art and mm -hmm. it's something that I want to be true but it's mm -hmm. because they're so in, in tension mm -hmm. um, the getting a point across and giving someone the space to kind of interpret it as you will. Mm -hmm. I think it has to be possible. <laughs> well, it's like, it's also it depends on what the goal of that kind of work would be, right? I mean, like, pull it, like, I mean, I don't, like, I'm interested in, like, you know, the city seems to come up in your work, for instance, in a way that's, like, not didactically political, but is, like, mm -hmm implies some ideas about the way that people arrange themselves mm -hmm. and like how what mm -hmm. what might be a good way and what might not or maybe not even to, you know saying like what might not be a good way mm -hmm. but uh, but you know I never feel like there's a message per se mm -hmm. it's it's like a space of play mm -hmm. in a sense mm -hmm. um, which is not political but is also not non-political mm -hmm. true yeah um, yeah um. I'll I'll respond first to your point or I have a question maybe about what you guys think 
So political art, we just had Laura Poitras. Poitras? How do you? Petraeus. Petraeus? No, that was I want to say. That's that's Petraeus. Yeah, that's wrong person. Petraeus. Petraeus. Wow, that was a real like that was like political dad joke, which I guess yeah. is appropriate. Yeah, I'm a political dad. <laughs> Petraeus, right? Uh, right. Uh, Poitras. Yeah. Poitras. Yeah, Poitras. Uh, and then there was the Andre Fraser. It's like heavy political works. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm getting lazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know that a lot of my peers had problems with these works. Um, but as art expands into this entertainment zone, as it has been for a long time, it's not news, but I don't know. I, I, I also had a very like innocent, happy feeling about those works insofar as um, thousands of people were receiving information that they would only receive through journalism in a slightly different way yeah and i just feel like that has so much value yes i can shit talk about the exhibition design of the portraits absolutely to no end but um so in terms of political art i mean i'm wondering what you guys think i don't know and maybe it just has this other place and that place does have more flexible notions and in terms of how it gets discussed with other kinds of contemporary art. I just don't know. It's like when you, when you don't feel, when I, when I don't feel good about political art, it's because it makes me feel in a different way than other art does. Yeah. And then those two kinds of art cannot stand in the same place. And they, and they, are, in, they are dealing with different language. Mm-hmm. Um, well, those are like interesting because, like, right, the, the Laura, however we say her last name, like, show is like a non artist. I mean, or let's say like a, a doesn't documentary. identify primarily as a. Yeah, yeah like, who's kind of taking the work that she does in her other field, bringing it into like what we might describe as like the entertainment complex of like yeah. art, you know, like in this, you know, new shiny Chelsea Museum. And like, kind of just letting the stuff lay there in this way where and then the other show the Andrea Fraser show right is like an artist who has basically stopped making work because of like feeling like there's no uh, efficacy to like producing things or that that like the whole kind of system is corrupt and then takes a gesture which is like in a sense basically journalistic like of just beaming in the sound of these prisons like just like kind of switching into information mm. into like a different mm. kind of context Hmm. And uh, and yeah, they both seem to drive everyone nuts. Like, and in a sense, I mean, I think maybe the Laura Petroya show uh, more. But I mean, yeah, it's interesting. It's mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, like, what? I mean, I don't know. I find Andrea Fraser's like critique of all this stuff very damning and depressing. Uh, or you think about like a you think about work like Act Up whose end goal, I, I think, like, certainly was positioned in an art context and was critical because there, it, was a communi- it was an art community, but really their lasting impact was political and mm. was intended to be yeah. so. Wasn't, mm. and, you know, it's not like they were selling editions of yeah. those posters. They were yeah. plastering the city yeah. with them. I think, I, I think that's... Um, 
it almost has a nice rub against just being a poet, like in terms of this political, this aesthetic political situation, really just towards a political ends. Um, I became friends with a couple of poets over the summer at a residency, and I, because we make these objects, I think that's why the the weight of the market has so much more play in our discussions. It's not just because the market is this big beast and that we have to contend with it, but it's actually because these are like such physical things in our world that they have to be justified um, or at least discussed in contention with this whole marketplace. Whereas these poets, their end was just the poem. <laughs> There's no other thing, there, there, you know, and 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 this stuff isn't physical. So it, um, of course, they would like more time, or maybe, maybe a, they could make a publish. They could publish, or they could not. It was almost like, I mean, it was part of their discussion, but in such a different way. Um, anyway, it just goes back to what you're saying about the language of ACT UP was. The, the the ends was was actually just political, so it didn't, yeah. It was, yeah, I mean, the graphic design was meant to attract attention, mm -hmm. but it wasn't meant to necessarily get them into a gallery or, mm -hmm. yeah. So that was the first, there was a second question, I forget. Oh, yeah, what was your question, David? Oh, wait, going way there back. Was, there was a first question and yeah. there was a second question. Rats, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just talking about poetry makes me think about how... That idea of resolution is like not a question that one asks about no, poetry. No, not at all. In like, yeah, in That's because I think the third figure is there.